Staying with Russia. I, I don't think they've got any drugs this time around, so I'm not going with them. Hello and welcome to the fourth instalment of That's Football, a podcast about football. And it is my honour to introduce our Euros special episode. We've had a lot of episodes leading into this this Euros tournament, and it's going to be great uh, to see how it's going to play out. Today, we're going to run you through a lot of our predictions, uh, including who is going to be the ultimate winner. Now, I'd like to introduce you to our very special guest, filling in for Ethan, Cameron Heath. Cameron. Hey boys, it's an honor. Big fan of the show. Listen to it weekly. It's great stuff. And it's great to have our fans on. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more occasions where we can get other guests onto the show. But Ben, let's get right into it. Tell us about the Euros tournament that's coming up and tell us about some players that you think we should really be watching out for. Yeah, obviously this um, Euros was meant to be on last year. Um, but due to COVID, it's been delayed to this year. Um, still, it's got all the hype around it. The crowd's looking to come back, which is fantastic. Um, whether it's the safest option, we don't know, but it's football. Italy's recent form, I personally think. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne has seemed to become that talisman for them, uh, especially out there with Immobile. But I feel Lorenzo Insigne will get the assists, get the goals as well. Then uh, he's also the, the attack for Italy, and they've got like a, um, is superb. And followed with that, like they've got like an engine in mid- midfield. Um, Jorginho, Barella, all all good um, up and coming players. I think, but actually, Barella could be a great option um, as a, a kind of player that overlooked. I, I re- kind of reminds me of the play style of like Yuri Tielemans, probably a bit more pace, but I don't know what you boys think about that. Oh yeah, Italy's going to be one to watch. Definitely got a younger side, as we discussed on the last episode, compared to a fair few years ago, but I think Insigne is um, one of the uh, more respected players in that dressing room. Uh, obviously uh, is a bit older. Um, will be able to lead uh, the Italians, hopefully, to a successful tournament, but yeah, I think he's going to be a a great one to see. Uh, one for me is um, Francisco uh, Chiesa. Yeah, can't say the name. Um, but what I do know about him is that he is an absolute baller for Juventus. Now, he's been um, been lucky to be playing on the right um, for Juventus, and he's got Ronaldo um, in the middle alongside some other great players. Um, but I do think that he, he has got that talent around him in the Euros squad as well, and I think he's going to be able to use his ability to find a pass, use his um, his shot-taking um, to be able to um, be one of the real players to watch out for in this tournament. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Recently for Juventus, he's like pretty much kind of outshined Ronaldo in the past. Like There's been times in the season where he seems to be the man for Juventus, which is what Ronaldo really should be doing. And against the big clubs too, he's managed to do it on the games where it counts against Porto. He, scored and changed that game up. Unfortunately, it didn't pay out for him. But yeah, I think he is there as a player who can change the way Italy play and can change their success. And I just think for Italy, their um, defensive lineup they've literally got the entire Juventus back line in their, in their back four, if they're playing the back four. They've got bloody Benucci and um, Chiellini have been going for at least two decades, I reckon. And then they've got their right back in Florenzi, I think, who used to play at Juventus um, with the two. So they've got the chem there. Um, but yeah, there'll be a strong uh, back line and I'm assuming many clean sheets will come. That's, that's I think, they'll smash Group A. Yeah, so who would be your um, player to watch? Obviously, Italy's been amazing. 
Any um, other nations? Yeah, I think staying with Group A, I reckon Turkey's going to be um, a standout team in the Euros this year, and particularly their centre mid, Yaziki, who plays for Lille, who's been bagging lots of goals. Um, he, he's also partnered with um, Burak Yilmaz, who's the striker for Lille. Well. He's, yeah, he's playing for the Turkish national team, and he's, he seems to be doing quite well in the qualifiers. So um, I'm tipping Turkey, and especially Yaziki, to be one of the good players. Yeah, with um, Lille's fantastic season, uh, obviously overtaking PSG, which is a huge feat, especially when everyone says, oh, the league um, is an easy, one of the easiest leagues for someone like PSG because they just dominate. Um, yeah, and Yilmaz has been also that, not Yilmaz, sorry, um, Yaziki, or Yazici, I'm not sure which one's right, um, has also been able to, um, has been playing that centre mid role but can also get up front. It's also been playing striker. It's really versatile to be honest. And I think Turkey are set for goals as they got Kanalongu, um, who's also another player that I'd be watching out for, especially if you expect Turkey to do so well. Um, yeah, I, I I skimmed over it, but I I want to mention him again. Um, Ferran Torres. Now this is completely dependent on how well I think Spain will do. And the thing about Spain is I don't think their backline strong enough. But if Spain do like get on and uh, do well in the Euros. I do generally think Ferran Torres has really become the, almost the talisman for Spain, as we've got Morata, who's um, hit and miss, and Gerard Moreno, who's only just coming into that Spain side. And what we do know about Spain is that they play such a unique style of football. They manage to find passes, and at the international level, the players just turn into something special. Now, no Sergio Ramos at this tournament could potentially um, leave them stuck defensively, but I think Ferran Torres is going to be um, crucial to that tiki-taka they play up front, uh, the short passes, and we've seen him do it for City um, more so in the first half of the season. But he's definitely a player that is going to be very crucial and definitely a player to watch out for. Now, players of the tournament. Now, when we look at players of the tournament, we have to understand that the judges for this will decide that um, a team that progresses further um, are going to have the players that are um, deemed better. I know Cameron has a player in mind for this player of the tournament who potentially may not go far into the tournament because of um, his team. Cameron, tell us about him. Um, and that man is Robert Lewandowski. He scored 41 goals in 29 games in the Bundesliga. And he's been injured for a bit of the season as well. He did only bag um, five goals in the Champions League, but still five goals is quite a, quite a haul. Um, but he does play for Poland. And in that group, they've got Spain... Uh, Spain, Spain, Sweden, and Slovakia. So um, expected results against Sweden and probably Slovakia and maybe a draw against Spain if they're lucky. But he's definitely going to bag a few goals, and especially if they get through, he'll be he'll be going the whole way. Yeah, for Poland, for me, are one of the like the teams I reckon you should watch out for, as um they've got some really good backup in the midfield and an experienced back line. I'll talk about them later. But for my player of the tournament, I feel you've got to go a bit more. I guess a bit more safe. Um, as I feel. As France are f probably favourites to win the whole tournament, and we've seen in recent individual awards, not just in the Premier League, but all over, the winners of the tournaments tend to be favoured in the decisions. Um, so I think if France win it, there's no other player other than Mbappe, um, especially he's got the experience from 2018, and he can carry it on into the Euros. Now, I'd like to argue that if France go far, like uh, most people are predicting they will do, I don't actually think it's going to be um, Mbappe as that star player. Now, at previous international tournaments, we've seen him star. Obviously, Russia was a breakout 
uh, tournament for him where he proved himself on a world stage. But I, I think Antoine Griezmann, a man who's recently been finding form at Barcelona, who is going to be um, now in the French shirt, is going to be a player who is going to be uh, a key figure in France's success. And I believe a player that could potentially be the best of the tournament. He scored an absolute screamer um, after receiving a pass from Mbappe um, in the France-Wales uh, practice game where they went 3-0 up. Um, his left foot is simply dangerous anywhere, inside the box, outside the box. He'll find a way to score, and I think that's going to make him one of the players of the tournament. Yeah, it's uh, Griezmann has always shown up for France. Um, it, last Euros, I think he was. Either, I think he probably was top. I think he was top goal scorer in twenty sixteen. Yeah, he would have been yeah. up there. Um, and I think he all he might have won player of the tournament. I'm not exactly sure. England got knocked out early that season. I didn't really watch it. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Griezmann picking up form of Barcelona, as Paddy said. So I can't. I can't imagine him not translating that into France. Yeah, I think I think for France, I thought their midfield partnership is also important. I saw a stat today: um, Pogba and Kante, they've gone fourteen games unbeaten when they play together, or something like that. So if they've got both of those players fit in the midfield, they're going to be pretty hard to beat, even against top teams in Group F. Yeah. So talking about, he's going to rack up the goals like we saw got Griezmann and Mbappe and Lewandowski. Who do you guys reckon is going to be the top goal scorer um, this season? I'll start with you, Paddy. Uh yeah. So. As we were earlier discussing, Italy is going to be a powerhouse for this tournament. And there's one man up top who is going to score them the goals. He's going to get amazing assists from either side, but this man can finish. And it is Chiro Immobile, a man who's been playing for Lazio for a few years. And he's recently been able to find goals out of nothing. And I think that's something that is massive in such a short tournament like the Euros, having that spark up forward. Um, he's a bigger build. He's not going to... Um, have some dribbling masterclasses like you will get from some of those other Italian wingers or potentially forwards, but I do believe he can score, and I'm imagining he's going to score uh, one to two goals a game for the group stage and then another one um, in each game, hopefully, as they progress to the final. Um, Cam earlier discussed Lewandowski. Tell us about his goal-scoring ability. Uh, well, I purely chose him as a player of the tournament because of his goals. Um, I reckon he's going to be top goal-scorer by far if if Poland get through. But if Poland don't, um, I reckon a safe option is um, probably Mbappe or even Jero Moreno. I'm tipping for a good one because I reckon Spain have got a weak group as well with Poland in it. But they've got also easier options as they get um, later into the tournament. They're not having to play anyone in Group F. And I think they could potentially meet up with England if England seem to do well. Yeah, talking about England, uh, I haven't personally gone Kane, which is a bit of a surprise for most people who know me. Um, so... Uh, Personally, I've gone for Memphis Depay, and it's similar to kind of like the options that I think going for Jared Moreno, going for Robert Lewandowski, is the fact that they're both class, they're all class players individually, individually, but they've got to make, their team's got to perform for them to be able to kind of unlock those goals. And it's not just if their team performs, but they actually have to get through the group stages, and they're not going to score the most goals if they're not playing the most games. Um, so I was considering Kane, the issue is with going with Kane, it's a risky position, um, risk, risky prediction purely because they got such a tough round of sixteen if they finish top of the group, um, and yeah, and also I think the, te- the the goals might not be just completely absorbed by Kane. I reckon I think Sancho and Grealish and all share them around. So before we move on, um, we're just gonna ask Ben to tell uh, our fans at home about this England situation. Now we all know that the Euros draw, um, is very controversial the way they do it the way the teams 
in groups seem to always, there always seems to be a death group somewhere. Tell us about England's struggle in this tournament, not not uh, not so much in the group, but as soon as they exit the group. Yeah, so it, it I personally think they've, it's, it kind of sounds like I'm just, I'm crying because I'm an England fan. This is, this is if for any team, um, the kind of situation is that they've kind of poorly managed it. Um, and this, the fact that um, England can finish top of the group and um, still play Portugal or France, or even if they finish second, they play Portugal or France or Germany. And if they come third, it's actually the most beneficial for them. So if they do worse in the group stage, they're more likely to come up against a, a slightly easier team, um, which is kind of defeats the whole purpose of competition. You're the best you... And it's fantastic that um, if I think England can win the tournament, I think they've got to beat the best to be the best. But you don't want teams going out in the round of 16 or even in the group stages or not really the group. Like you, want, you don't want teams going out in the knockout parts purely because um, they've come up against a harder team, even though maybe they are the fourth best team in this competition. They are the third best team. It kind of ruins the idea of competition. And seeding should be done correct. Personally, I... yeah, that's fair. I don't know if the um the board who have um who have made these fixtures um have done it fairly. Uh, at the end of the day, if England want to win um this Euros tournament, they are going to have to beat one of those top sides. Um, obviously, round sixteen is an ideal. Let's have a look at some of the teams that um not like England are actually not a favourite to win the tournament now. Over the years, we've seen so many of these teams progress um, through World Cups, through Euros um, tournaments that you wouldn't otherwise have predicted from the start. Now, for me, I've gone for Russia as a team who will definitely progress past the group stage and potentially even um, go into the round of 16 or even further in, in the tournament. Now, they're a team who have previously done pretty well at international level. We saw them in, in Russia. Obviously, the fans um, would have helped, but they progressed much further than any other, uh, any, anyone would have predicted, even the Russians themselves. So I'm going to say they're going to go do it again. I reckon they, um, they can make a round of 16, can make a quarterfinal. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, well, my pick's um, Italy. It's a, it's a common pick, but... They've got an easy group in Group A. Um, I'm really only seeing, uh, only seeing Turkey challenging them, and even then they're a dark horse as well. So um, I'm tipping Italy to go through, even though they missed the World Cup back in 2016, which is a big shock to the world. They yeah didn't even qualify for the World Cup, but they seem to be bringing it back now with a classy strike in a mobile as Paddy backs him. But yeah, I see them doing quite well. Yeah, I just want to go back to Paddy's point um, about Russia and being that sort of surprise surprise package do you think they will cut come second or first in their group or do you think they'll qualify for the third place look i've said so in their group they've got belgium denmark finland and of course russia now belgium have been known to choke international games but i do think that they are going to be consistent in this group so i think they are definitely going to finish first and we know that you can finish second or third and uh you can, sorry, finish third and progress uh, through the tournament. So I think in that group with the, with the bottom three sides um, being Denmark, Finland and Russia, there's definitely going to be enough points to go around and get one of those teams uh, into the round of 16, even if they don't finish second. I do think that Russia um, will finish third, but I think there's always 
um, something in in the back of people's minds saying that if one of that these third teams um, with the fight that they have to to get um, into the next round, they can definitely have a massive impact on the tournament. And I do have them going far, um, not finishing first in the group, but definitely um, progressing through. Yeah. So. No, I think that's a great point. I think, personally for me, the team that I think is going to uh, surprise the most people is probably Poland. Now, it's kind of an interesting one there because they've got quite a tough group. Uh, it's like probably one of the most balanced groups. Um, there's no... It's hard to pick a clear out-and-out out fourth place. I mean, Slovakia would probably be most of people's favourites, but they're not a bad team at all. Uh, and you've got Sweden and Poland, who you'd probably say quite equal in ability. Yeah, it's um, going to be very interesting to see how, how they play out, especially because we haven't seen a lot uh, a lot from them internationally recently. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so I personally think, well, purely a base of club form. You've got Lewandowski up front, best strike in the world. Uh, you've got Zielinski. Sorry, which is... did, did, a, did a Harry Kane appreciator, like Ben treats Harry Kane as if he's the messiah. And you've just said that Lewandowski is the best striker. I'm just trying not to be controversial. Right? That, that's a topic for later. Um, well, I think, I, well, you can't disregard the stats like that. When you play for a team like Bayern Munich, obviously you are going to get fed, but that doesn't necessarily mean, uh, I'm not saying Kane can't be the best. Like, I'm not saying, that. anyways, that's another topic. I, I'll go. I won't stop if I start. What about Isak? Isak. I'll get on to that. Let's just talk about Poland first, and then we'll talk about, we'll talk about, um, is it Alexander Isak, I think. Yeah. So Poland, I personally think Spain aren't as strong as they aren't as strong as everyone sees um, sees them as. Um, even though I've said Ferran Torres to be one of a, a surprise player, um, I think that Spain defense is really lacking without Sergio Ramos, without Danny Danny Carvajal, and with no Real Madrid players at all on their side, no Isco as well. I really think they might struggle, um, or not struggle, but they won't be as the, the team everyone thinks they are. So I personally think Poland with um, the the players they have, who are, as I said before, have been really on forming club. Zielinski, Lewandowski, um, Piszczek, and Glick for Monaco. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't see them not getting out the group. And I actually can probably see them challenging for that first position. Um, yeah, I can challenge them seeing that first position against Spain, and then maybe qualify, maybe going past the round of sixteen. Yeah, definitely. I think Poland could uh, progress, but it's going to be. Um, a lot up to those to those teams to to push through against um, the weaker sides um, in their groups. Um, I think Spain are definitely weakened uh, this year and not going to be one of the um, teams that people always uh, will say will be in that final. Now these teams have predicted. Obviously, Italy um, have a chance at going all the way, and obviously, all teams do have a chance. But on on players, you wouldn't really expect. Uh, Russia or Poland to progress right through. So let's have a look at who we think are going to be the dominant teams, um, whether it's what everyone would think or, or not. So, so Ben, tell yeah. us about your, your predictions for this year's final. Yeah, so for me, I can't, I can't see um, Italy, and, um, Italy, England, France and Portugal are personally my four better teams, personally. I think it'll be out of those four who play in the final. Um, I don't know. How about you, boys? Yeah, I think one a massive one you've left out there is Belgium. I've got Belgium um, going all the way, winning the tournament. Now, questions are going to be asked about uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, he's been so consistent throughout the year and then had that one bad game 
in the final and he's obviously uh, got an injury so won't I don't imagine he'll be there for the first match day. Um but yeah, I think it's just stupid not to have them in to be honest. Although I, I'm with Ben a little bit there. Because Belgium's back line, it's, it's heavily weak. And what they used to have Toby Aldewood and yeah, Tongan, the, and they're going from Tottenham now. They're playing, well, Aldewood was there, but Vertonghen playing bloody Portugal. Yeah, so I think they've dropped off. It's, they're aging, the back line's aging. Uh, they're starting to rely on that three back uh, with um, Dana. Uh, so I th- actually, I've kind of, I actually did kind of forget Belgium. I do think they'll be a, a force. Um, like, kind of referring to like Paddy was saying before, how they kind of disappoint and. Like in Europe, I don't think they disappoint. I feel like this is that the their big like this is their golden era. Belgium were never really considered um a big team, a big nation. Uh, so this is their golden era, and they've it's almost coming to an end with Lukaku age. Lukaku around twenty eight years old. Um, De Bruyne thirty. Alvaro their back line are aging as well. So they've got to win a tournament or a major tournament or something like they got to get something for it. It's their, their this is the best era they've ever had. And might be the best area they ever will. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I reckon Robert Lukaku is going to um, cover for De Bruyne in a few weeks as he might be out. But um, I also wonder about Eden Hazard because he's barely getting a game at Real Madrid and no one really backs him. But um, he could have a strong influence on the left wing for Belgium as some players have a great impact with their national team but not so much for their club. But um, going back to your selections, Ben, um, what, what's your thought selection behind Portugal? Yeah, so my, my four was kind of just like my favourites. It might not just be my opinion completely. I feel like everyone's talking about how good they might be. Um, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't as, um, aren't as competitive as many people believe they will be. Um, obviously, they're stacked up front, but I feel like they lack that, def- that centre mid-defensive, like the CDM role. Um, yeah, they lack, that, they lack that cover for Diaz and Pepe. And we saw this in the Champions League final where Diaz struggled without the DM in front of him. They obviously do have um, um, Cavalio um, and they also have um, Pereira. They also got Renato Sanchez at that kind of box to box. Yet, yeah, uh, they're a fantastic team on paper, um, but they're yet to p- gel it together yet. And they're quite a relatively new side. Um, everyone's talking about them and hyping about them because they're so new, kind of an unseen 11, with, especially with Bruno Fernandes, first thing ever since the World Cup. So, yeah. So if you don't have Portugal um, finishing high, who would you have in that final uh, for the Euros? So the semi-finals, I think Portugal, I think Portugal might get knocked out to England or might not make it um, at the groups. The group, um, they might come third, but they won't have enough points because how tough the group is. Um, so for me, I reckon it's going to be the, the, I think what it is, it's going to be Belgium, France, I think Belgium will beat Italy in the quarters. Belgium, France in the semis, and England, Netherlands. Now, the reason why Netherlands is there because they have a slightly easier run. I think I've, I think they overplay Germany if they. It could be it could be England, Germany, or England, Netherlands. So Ben's just switched up his four and everything. <laughs> no, 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 boys, boys, you got you got to think like this though because it's the way the tournament set out. It's the layout of the tournament. I think they're the best teams going into it. Uh, yet, for example, Italy won't have an opportunity to play against Portugal. Um, as it looks, they'll they'll probably play against Belgium. Um, in the quarters, so that's this is the way the tournament's seeded. So. If you t- t- pick my f- my final semi-finals four, that's what it would be. But for my four most competitive teams is different. Okay, like for example, England might not make even to the semi-finals, 
doesn't mean they're the 16th best team in the whole tournament because they got out in the round of 16. So, yeah, but for me, finals, I personally think it will be a France versus England final, and we'll discuss who the winners are in the next segment. Yeah, so for me, um, I think I've already spoiled it, but it's gonna. I'm thinking Belgium and France in the final. France too strong. Belgium, hopefully they can find some consistency and make it up there because they are a great side. Hopefully Eden Hazard performs. Um, I think everyone's sleeping on Germany, honestly. They played a game this morning and they won 7-1 against Latvia. Uh, I know Latvia's not even in the Euros, but still 7-1 is not an easy feat. And they only conceded one shot on target and that was a goal. So really with a bit of fine tweaking it could be a perfect germany team that could take them the whole way through so i'm tipping france obviously and germany germany to be england as well in semi yeah i think germany's a very interesting choice um definitely got is the thing i struggle with germany is is their defense strong enough um they've got hummels and they've got neuer superb uh, apart from that who's who's their right back does anyone know they've got rudiger rudiger yeah rudiger at center back i see them playing a three back yeah I think that could be very, very possible. Yeah. And Ginter, who's actually been quite good for Merchant Blood back this season. So yeah, they are they are actually I think everyone is sleeping on them. I feel I think yeah, I think it's a great point from Cameron. Uh especially with Gundawan, probably arguably one of the player of the seasons in um in the Premier League. Definitely be better than De Bruyne. We'll talk about that later as well. Um yeah, so we um yeah, I think Germany might be one that's left on. I think it's everyone's kind of their minds um, think back to the 2018 World Cup where they came fourth in their group. Um, so maybe that's kind of been a biased point of view for everyone, and that's maybe why people aren't favouring as much them as much. It's even get out of the, the group F, everyone's favouring Portugal. So I reckon Karen might have changed my mind on Germany, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm tipping them to get the whole way. I'm, I really don't like Portugal this this year, I'm literally tipping them to finish bottom of Group F. I reckon Hungary. Hungary are going to pull off a great season yeah, against Portugal because uh, they've got they've got tough they've got tough teams to play. I reckon they'll get a bunch of draws but no wins, and then Hungary will pull off a surprise win. Okay, yeah, I could definitely uh, see something like that happen. We know that anything can happen in these tournaments. So Cameron, just to confirm, Germany and who in the final, and then who's going to prevail out of those two. Um, well, I've got Germany and France. Yeah, I don't think you can go past France. They're too strong. They've got so much depth. And I know you don't really need too much depth in the Euros. But it is very important in case people get injured and they've got to change up the team. But, um, yeah, and you, I think France the whole way. They're just too strong. Yep, that's that's fair. Um, ben, you've got England and France in your final. Who's going to prevail? Are the, is it coming home? So the, 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 it hurts me. To, it's... As a matchup in terms of paper on paper, it's hard to see England winning. But when the games at Wembley, when 75% of the fans are going to be English, it'd be disappointing not to see England take that advantage. Now, I'm going to say France is going to win it purely because they're just, they are the best nation. I think everyone here can agree France is the best nation in the going into it, especially on paper. Um, well, you've seen them on the 21s. They could probably bring, another, like, kind of like Eng the England situation at the right back, they can bring another, like, 10 players in that could fill in and still compete. So something that's a lot more topical, um, just for the moment, obviously the finals will be decided um, in a month, and that'll be awesome. Hopefully we'll be able to be able to watch the games. I'm sure we'll be up um, 
up early in the Australian morning and hoping um, that the teams have predicted uh, can do well. Um, the An interesting one is going to be match, match day one. Now, match days are essentially just a week of games. And I think it, it could be very decisive in how these teams go. Now, obviously, there's only three group games and you've got to try to finish top two and potentially third can, can make it through. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the teams, first of all, line up because they've obviously been testing stuff out for friendlies. We can't get a complete understanding of how they're going to play and how they're going to line up, but also of how they're, they're going to be playing in terms of, of football style. Now, all these different um, nations have their individual leagues that all have certain quirks about them, the way they play. Obviously, we talk about Spanish football a fair bit, also English football as well. Um, so... Those styles of play are going to be interesting, but I think match day one is going to be so crucial uh, to teams' success in the tournament. Now, we're going to have a look at the first game. Obviously, it's going to be the one that's going to be uh, not hyped up the most, but everyone is going to be so excited to get this tournament underway with Turkey playing Italy, ultimately the two um, favoured sides in that group one. Boys, what do we think? Yeah, so... I, I think Turkey and Italy are probably the two favourite dark horses of the competition. So it'll be really interesting to see how they come up against each other. Um, I do think Italy are just too strong for Turkey. I think Turkey are more, they're not dark horses to win it. They're dark horses to surprise people. Um, yeah, I, I'll go back to, I'll go to you, um, you, to, you Cameron, um, how you definitely talked about Italy a lot and also Turkey with UZG and um, Yilmaz. Yeah, I think it's important to note that... Um... Turkey's definitely a dark horse, but not to win it. But whereas Italy, I reckon they could probably get into the final if they play well enough against France and that side of the group. But um, I'm also seeing England and Croatia as another match day um, on the 13th of June. And I reckon that's very crucial for England to win. They're playing the top team in their group as well. And I think if they set the tone right in that, they could um, scare the rest of the competition. Yeah, this is definitely the, one of the, the most interesting games of the first match week. Uh especially when, you know, the tale of the semi-final in the World Cup. Uh, if, you, if you look at both teams since then, I think we can all agree um, that Croatia have not progressed and England have progressed. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see if England have, can have, have the ability to go and win. I think they do. I think at Wembley, there's no reason why they can't. I think they should. It's a statement. Um especially with the attacking threats they have. They've been quite disappointing in the friendlies. Like they've obviously they're smashing teams in terms of shots, but not getting the goals. Um, so, yeah, so it'll be a real shame if England can't um, really show they're there to win it like they should be. Yeah, so we've all gone England as this, um, this game's winner. But I do think that Croatia, despite taking a step back, have almost um, looked forward into, um, in terms of how they're going to progress in the future and they've got a few um, talents in that squad which I believe um, can definitely secure them um, round of 16. Now I think Rebic on that on that wing whether he plays on the left or if he plays up top is going to be so crucial to their success um, but obviously I do see England winning. I think that there could be some shaky moments uh, at the start of that game obviously playing in front of their own fans um, for the first time in ages Obviously, the England government is allowed um, for fans to come back, but I think it could be a shaky start to the game. But I think as as Kane and and potentially Rashford, if he's starting, um, start to get into the game, they will definitely go on a scoring frenzy 
have them beating Croatia 2-1. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited for that game because I, I really don't want England to, to, to bottle it, really, because I think if they, if they struggle against Croatia here, it's, it's not going to look good for the next two games against um, Scotland and Czech Republic. But I, looking to future game weeks, I reckon England versus Scotland, that will be an absolute cracker, because if, especially if England lose this game to Croatia, they're going to need to win the next two games against Czech Republic and Scotland. And if it comes down to England versus Scotland, that will be a classic. Okay, uh, I think the standout, we haven't talked, I think we've left it on purpose. The standout game of this weekend is definitely France versus Germany. Cam predicted for his final. Um, who do we see coming out on top in this game? Could be different to the final if the cat they work. It could be Germany wins, but France wins the final, or if it goes Cam's way, obviously. It's it's gonna be crazy. The first match day um is often has the most surprise results in any sport. Um, and in these short tournaments, it's gonna be insane. Now played in Germany, I do believe that they can get the win. Now. It's going to be very uh, interesting to see how they line up, especially um, against an attacking French side who have very little flaws um, in their system. I'm going to say it's going to be a draw, uh, a boring draw. I think it's there's going to be a few goals, though. I'm going to go 2-2 um, and hope that the likes of Kante and Pogba um, can really uh, show the world what they have been doing um, for the previous years. I think this is going to be similar to the game um, against Argentina in the World Cup 2018. It's going to look close. It's going to, um, it's going to be really high goal scoring. It's going to, yes, it's going to be high, highly competitive, look close for and then French, the French are going to wheel away with it. Um, so personally, I think it's going to be a, I'm going to say a 3-2. Maybe not quite much of a, a runaway as much as the Argentina game, which is 4-2. But they're gonna probably. I think they're gonna dominate the set, most of the second half and score to win it three two. Very interesting game. Definitely watching that one. Yeah, I'm watching that 100. I do think it'll be a boring draw as well. Uh, I'm predicting a lot of draws in Group F as teams are very strong, but I'm, I just don't see them risking too much against the top teams. Um, but just quickly on the the game that morning as well, also in Group F, Hungary and Portugal. I'm tipping that for a Hungary win. I really want Hungary to just win one surprise game, and I reckon they'll finish third. That's going to be the clip at the front of the, of the podcast. Yeah, I would, I would love to see that happen, and it will be at the front because of how interesting that statement is, but I do think it can happen. I, I think anything can happen in these. Hungary is going to win a game in that group. I don't care how it happens, but they are going to win a game. Yeah, just to add on to that, Paddy, just to note, um, it is played in Hungary at the, the, the Puskas Stadium. So that could be an advantage for Hungary. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many fans are going to be allowed in Hungary. I'm not too familiar with the, the, COVID, the COVID regulations and COVID. Um, yeah, I know, it's, it's an amazing stadium. Yeah, so I'm not, too, I'm not too familiar with how many people they'll be allowed in the grounds. But I'm sure... The home advantage, the lack of travel, will be very, very good for Hungary. We're going to go through a quick um, wrap-up of all the games of this week. So, Wales, Switzerland. Ben, what do we think? Yeah, I think I feel Wales have to come up on top. I feel like Switzerland lack. Um, the, the players have kind of fallen off a cliff um, in the past few years. Um, when Shakiri is just our man, nothing really looks... If that's your best players, it's a bit disappointing. <laughs> 
See, I've, I've gone for Switzerland um, to win this game, but I do understand that Wales are going to be a team that, that look to beat Switzerland to try and get out of their group. Cam, tell us about Denmark and Finland. Um, I, I'm tipping Denmark to go well. They were, I remember they were in Australia's group um, back in the 2018 World Cup, and they played pretty um, boring football. I think a lot of the games were nil or... I, I remember the Australian one being a 1-0 loss to Australia, but still, it's not, it's not looking good. I'm not, I don't have high hopes for that group. I don't see any of those teams being outgoing and um, playing attacking football. So I'm tipping a one all draw. Not Russia? Uh, was it Paddy who said Russia would be a great, um, a great team? It's like a kind of dark horse. Yeah, so Russia are going to come up against Belgium um, in the match, match day one, and I think they are going to progress. Um, but I do ultimately see Belgium winning this first game. No De Bruyne, most likely, um, for the Belgium starting um, side. Um, but yeah, they're just too strong a team. Too, they find it too easy to score goals. And if there's an on-form Eden Hazard, anything can happen for this tournament. Uh, we've obviously gone through the England and Croatia game. Now, Austria is going to be a talking point. Uh, we'll definitely get on to them in later podcasts. And they're coming up against North Macedonia. I think this is going to be a pretty simple one. North Macedonia, congrats to them for qualifying. But we have all said that Austria, um, with what they've been able to do and with some of the players they have, are going to progress and um, and win in this game. I think North Macedonia might be a bit of an interesting, like an unknown team, um, as they actually did, they beat Germany um, a few months ago, last international break. Um, so I think that Werner had that shocker of a game. Kept them missing goal. Every game. But we, yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah, one of his stand-ups, I guess. Um, so... I don't think I think Austria with um with Sabitzer and Alaba might be a bit too strong for them, especially with um what's his name um Kaladic up front. I think that's his name. Yes, he's in my he's in my um Euro um fancy league. Watch out for him. Yeah, I reckon he bag a few goals. So I do think this is the game. For, um, this is the game for Austria need to win if they want to get that third place qualification. Um, I think Austria have the opportunity to be one of the better teams to get that um, has like has a higher chance to get that third place qualification purely because they do have North Macedonia in that group. I do, I do, yeah, pretty much Austria going to win it. Now we've gone um, through and selected who we think is going to win. Now Netherlands, Ukraine. Cam's got a very interesting perspective on this one. Cam, tell us about Ukraine. Um, well, I'm tipping Ukraine to be like the Russia of the. Um... 2018 World Cup. I see them challenging top teams and potentially beating Netherlands in this fixture, but I definitely see them finishing second or first if they go lucky. What's your reasoning for Ukraine? We had a Tishchenko. He plays on the right wing for Dynamo Kiev. He's, a, he's, he's good. He's a good he is a good good Who's the youngster for Juventus that's recently come up? He, he plays for Sweden. I've got, I got yeah, confused with the, the flag colours. Let's have a look at Scotland and Czech Republic. Mm. Nice. Czech Republic looking very uh, lacklustre against, uh, I think I've mentioned in the previous episode, against Italy, 4-0 loss. Uh, Suchek not firing the way he would. And Kufau, them two, probably two-star players, not um, playing as well as they probably should be. Um, I do think Scotland have the passion, and they Scotland have this... In a fire, especially when they're in the, the same group as England, and they don't want to be embarrassed and come forth because I think whoever loses this game is unfortunately going to be placing fourth in this group. So Scotland want to be able to get to that. Um, that's called. And now we've 
and that has been match day one for Euros 2020. It's been a great episode. So great to have Cam on for this episode. Thanks, boys. It's been brilliant. Can't wait to see Josh thought little sticky mitts on soon. Yeah, definitely some controversial opinions from you, Cam. Um, especially the Ukraine one. But we'll move on from that. Thanks, everyone, for being on the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and that's football. Cue the music. <laughs>